Good evening, everybody. Thank you all for coming. And today we're have a, we're a very, very interesting uh, topic. We've spoken in the past about the three the three tefillas that we dive in a day, corresponding to the carbonus in in the base of English. There's another dimension to that. Yeah. There's another dimension. I think the right word is dimension. And that is spiritual sustenance. Is, and I think, I was thinking today, that really they could all go together. So just to recap, we've discussed in the past that tefillah b'makam carbon, the three tefillahs in day corresponding to the three um, services that were done in the Beis Amigdash. The morning carbonus, the afternoon carbonus, and then the hektachalav nevarim, the burning of the limbs, whatever was left over on the, uh, at night. We've spoken about how our forefathers instituted the, these concepts of three of three tefillas, three prayers a day. So now, what are they? And why? And and. So that's what we, until now, that's what we've been explaining the significance of the time because of the offerings. But at the end of the day, what is that significance? Why? Why? Do, why does it? Why do? Why do even the offerings have to be at a certain time? What's the significance of time in in this whole wonderful concept, wonderful thing, or whatever? What called prayer? We know as avodah the work of the heart, something which helps to, which is a way of communication and connection from our very core to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. By the way, make yourself comfortable. No reason to starve, if you want. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like this. There's a medrash that says something very, very interesting, and we're going to leave off with a. Qu- we're going to at the end of this share, we're probably going to end up, end up with a question, which we won't necessarily answer tonight, and not even next week, because next week is going to be a share dedicated to Hanukkah, the same concept of ritual to relationship, taking it just as being some age-old tradition into something very much alive. An approach to Hanukkah, understanding Hanukkah, so that's very exciting for next week. So after Hanukkah, we're probably going to go back and answer the question we'll be leaving off with tonight. But for now, I want to share with you this medrash. Our sages teach us the following. In Parshas Miketz, coming up, actually the Shabbos of Hanukkah is Parshas Miketz. Yilamdeinu Rabbeinu, our teacher, please teach us. We know that a person, a Jew, has to has to pray, right? Um, we learn it from a pasuk. It's an obligation to pray, but how often? Our sages have taught us the following: No more than the three prayers that our forefathers have instituted. Rabbi Yechanan Omar, she has a different approach. Person should talk to God whenever, the whole day, let him go. And the whole day, if he, if he, three times a day, but if he could always be in a conversation with God, such a close connection, psh, what's better than that? Shaul Antoninus, right, a very big um, Roman scholar, I think he was the King. Emperor. He was emperor. He was the emperor. And every Roman was a scholar, but not everyone was a king. He was also a scholar. He was a scholar. I'm saying every Roman was a scholar. Not everyone was a king like him. Antoninus asked Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Rabbeinu HaKadosh is Rebbe, the one that, that um, um, compiled the Mishnah, as we have it today. That actually wrote it down, because till then everything was oral. Mahul is Palabachal Shah. 
why um because originally when we started Yalamdainu Rabbeinu, that's referring to Rebbe. He was the he was the Nasi, he was the, the leader of the generation. And he said he should hit and he said only three times a day. So says Antoninus asked him, What's what's the why what what if somebody would daven the whole day? Amalei, also forbidden. Amalei, Lama. So he asked him, why is that? Amalei, shelo yinak That going towards Hashem, and as we explained, prayer is being is we're, we're always in the presence of God, but you're standing with, in a, like a private audience with with the Almighty. We don't want that to become uh, mundane. mundane. That's a great word. Thank you. So we have designated times for that. Antinus didn't like that. So Ma'os Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Antinus said, what is this? Since when? Why can't I? So Rabbeinu HaKadosh did a... Did a Oh, so we'll, we'll get we'll discuss that throughout. That's where we're we're leading to. Not necessarily this week, but that's we're opening up this whole topic. Um. So what did Rabbi Noach do? What did Rabbi do? They were friends. Um. He he came to him when he he figured I'll teach him, not just by words but by action. Ishkimetzli. Rabbeinu HaKadosh went again. Roman Emperor. Right, so this is not anyone. Right, security checks, background checks, every time you go in, pat-downs, metal detectors, and whatever else you can think of. He comes in the morning for an audience with Antoninus, with the Roman Emperor. A very powerful individual in, in the universe. Right? Um, he tells him, Omalek, Kiribar, honored, honored master. Just came and told him hello. Right? Like this, he tells him, I want an audience. I have a very important discussion. Hello, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. An hour later, comes back again. Imperator! Your Majesty! Hello to you. Alright, he left. And after an hour, he came back and he tells him, Shalom Alech HaMelech! Peace be unto you, O mighty king. What are you making a joke out of the out, out of the royalty? Out of the out of the out of a king? You're coming every hour and you're saying hello, good afternoon, good morning, good good uh, good AM PM. What is this? First the king, then emperor, then what? Omalay, Rebbe told him, You just answered your own question. I told you before that the reason we have three times a day to pray is that because you don't want it to become a mundane thing. And you're like, why? Why can't I just come whenever? And here you go. You see, I'm coming to you every hour. You're like, what are you doing? Right? So, ma ato boss You are made of flesh and blood. Someone comes and calls you every hour. Imagine someone calls you every single hour. Hello. How can I? Won't say hello. It's very nice. But if it's every half hour, every hour, it's a little bit strange. You say, Someone comes and says hello to you. Tell them you're, you're in contempt of the kingdom. What are you doing? The king of kings. It's understandable. You shouldn't... Uh, Shouldn't be coming day. You come to him every hour. Just hi. <coughs> so to answer your question about the difference between his boy did this and talking to Hashem, Mitchum, we're gonna we're gonna explore that a little bit more in depth. But just for now, again, I don't I ha- I don't have a source to back this up. But from my understanding, is that. Tefillah, when we talk about Tefillah, we're referring to Shemon Esrei, right? The whole, which we'll learn also the structure of, of the Tefillah. In a, in, a, in a different shir, the structure, why it's built the way it's built, right? The, if you look in the Siddur, in the Shemon Esrei, there's, especially the way it is now, which is based on a formula from the way Moshe Rabbeinu Davan 
in order to get into Yisrael, it starts with praise, asking for your needs, and then praise again. Um, Amidah, Shemina Esra, is, is, a, is a very unique part of davening. It's a, you're standing in front of Hashem. It's not that you're, we're always in His presence. Right? This is more like, a, what we would understand more like as a private audience. We're going in, so that is something that, what I would understand, not to contradict necessarily throughout the day, having that, thank you, please help me find the spot, please help me uh, have a good day at work, please, thank you for this, J- just having a conversation, not to contradict it, this is specifically talking about tefillah, I, I would I would think to say, tefillah in terms of the Shemana Esri that we stand and daven three times a day, which is a, it's oh, it's its own, has its own uniqueness. But this is what we, we see over here. So we see that prayer, right, tefillah, is something to be treated with, with, with respect, with severity. And when we treat something a certain way, we gain a lot more benefit from it. Because if we, for example, I'm always reminded when, you know, thank God already for the past almost 30 years, I should, I would probably, 30 years, this is, here will probably be the 30th year um, of our community making a public seder, Pesach by night. Right? It started right, back in the late 1900s, and it was a, it's a place where people came. Many people met actually met their spouses there, and uh, today their children are already almost about to meet their spouses. Um a lot of a lot, a lot of wonderful things happen there. Besides, obviously, Pesach itself, the Seder, it's a beautiful Seder. One big family, it's gorgeous. But right from the beginning, uh, my father, he should live and be well, instituted, which in those days, when Jews were coming in from Russia in the 90s, very, was very unpopular to charge. There's a price. Want to come? Got to pay. I was like, why are we we're looking, you know, we gotta we gotta bring everybody in. It's like you're right, we gotta bring everybody in. But I'm telling you that if meaning and this was my father obviously came from the former Soviet Union, he knew the culture a lot better than people here in America who were never there or looked at everyone coming from there as some sort of alien or whatever. I'm telling you their mentality is that if I don't have to pay for it, it's cheap. And the proof was in the pudding, because by all my before my father started making his own, there were others darn that he was invited to join, which were for free and which were food was out there. What ended up happening was the Russian grandmothers, Jewish Russian grandmothers, were coming with their grandchildren, filling up bags of food, taking it home, and by the time they say there was a quarter way through, everyone was gone. It was the rabbi and his family practically were left and really bad for the guy but he called my father a few years like I'm doing this for 10 years and not one person became from not one person became religious and I was like ah, I'm sorry because sorry. they wasn't valued the minute you there's a right everyone understands right you go to a restaurant you pay for it right so when you're there you make the most of that experience you make sure to get that make sure that steak is good they didn't make it right go back to the kitchen make it I need a medium rear and a half Exactly. <coughs> Why? Because I realize I'm paying for this. I, I'm investing of myself. I want to make them take the most out of it. Tefillah is something so powerful and so amazing and so f- priceless that, and that's what we, we've spoken in the past a, prop, a, a specific place, a Makam Kufa to have a place, not one day here, one day there. A lot of the, the what happens around the tefillah is just as important because that creates the right atmosphere or if we talk in 2021 language, the right vibe for, for, uh, for, the, for to maximize the, the potential that we have every time we stand in Daven. What about if someone's job requires them to be always traveling, to be always somewhere else? How do they have... A so wherever you are to try to 
as much as possible to designate. Let's say if you like a set corner, you go go someplace. Yeah, let's say especially I mean, if they're just once go someplace and, and by a wall preferably and daven there. Um, but let's say you're somewhere for a day, right? So have a place that this is where I daven today. As much as possible to make a kvias, to make a it should be set. It shouldn't be on the fly. And 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 it makes a difference. Like we, we run our day around when is shachars, when is mencha, when is Marif. <clears throat> so that's one. Um, there's another, and this is what I said earlier about about sust- spiritual sustenance. The day, there are different times in the day, is the morning. Say there's the evening, the night, the morning, and the afternoon. The significance of the, of the three times in these different time zones, right? The morning, the evening, the afternoon. Means that I got from, not to, be, not to take for granted, that I came to this part of the day. Safe and sound, not to be taken for granted. Right? When we wake up in the morning, what do we say? We thank Hashem for giving us back our souls and waking us up and <clears throat> telling us, I need you in this world, make the most of it. But there are, and it's actually printed in certain Sidurim. So the one in the morning. There's another one besides Moidani, which we say right when we open our eyes, that does not have the name of Hashem in it because we didn't wash our hands yet. But before, in some Sederim have this printed, before each tefillah, each prayer, there is a Moidani lefonecha Hashem alekai In the morning we say, that you took me from darkness into light. You allowed me to see the light, not to be taken for granted. We, we, we woke up, we woke up, we're alive and well. We see the people around us. We have a... Um, like there's one before Moedani? No, no, no. Some Sidurim have printed, and this is brought down um, in the Avudraham, and, and, and um, actually it's... Uh, it's a Chazal. I think it's a Gemara and Brachas, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. I have to... Um, the one we say in the morning is without Shem Hashem, without the name of God, because we didn't write rash our hands. Before every tefillah, there is another moidani, which we moida, as we said, is not just thank; it's also primarily the word moida means to admit. So we recognize Hashem that you you took me out from darkness to light. That's in the morning. By mincha in the afternoon, moidani lefanecha Hashem alekai velekavisai keshem shizikisani lirais hachama bemizrach. Because the time of Mincha is already when the sun is going towards sunset. So it rises in the east and sets in the west. So we say, Hashem, you, you gave me the opportunity to see the sun rise the morning. I thank you so much for allowing me to get up to this point in the day and see how the sun is setting. I was, I'm alive, I'm healthy, I have what I need. You're taking care of me. But Erev, Tzorech Loimar, Yiratzoin Mulfanecha Hashem Alekai Velekavisai. In the evening, may it be your will that just as I have been in darkness and you took me out to light, now as I go into the night again and I go to sleep, you should allow me, please, to see, to take me out into light again the following day. So what you see is that the, the, Every tefillah, every prayer takes. It's like a person eats breakfast, and right, breakfast takes him up. He satiates himself. He eats healthy, he, right? To lunch, and then lunch to dinner, right? One carries you to the next in a physical way, in a spiritual way, no different. What's tefillah? What what we stand where? It's a time where we stop for a second and recognize. We, we connect with ourselves, and thereby we, we, we connect to the Rabbi Nishalala. 
bitul hayesh, right? Um, um, uh, it's part of the avoid of, of letting go of ourself and, and totally becoming subservient to Akadosh Baruch And doing that three times a day, we t- retain that, retain that closeness from the morning till the afternoon. And then afternoon again, recharge. And then again, recharge. Then again to the evening. So that's what the, the significance of the, of the timing of the morning, afternoon, and evening. And the Meiri was one of the commentators in the Talmud. He explains this in the Gemara and Brochas, Davov. He says like this, Yizor Odom Bechol Tfilas Hayayim, a person should be careful to pray all the prayers of the day. And don't say, oh, I already did one or two of them. I'm good for today. Don't say that. Because the tefillahs, the prayers were instituted three times a day. Because the day switches. The day changes. A new, a, three times. And we need to recognize and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for reaching each and each, reaching the afternoon, reaching is an achievement. Who helped us get there? Who helped us be successful and accomplish and just be from one from, from beginning of the day to the next? How many people, you know, they wake up, they, they think they're going to work and unfortunately they, they don't make it to work. Right. Think about 9-11 for a second. How many people thought, you know, and there was a crazy story, just a little bit sidetracked, um, you know, about a, a couple, you know, they didn't have, they had a bit of a rough morning that morning, 9-11-2001, and, you know, the husband left the house on the way to work, a little bit on a, you know, they weren't, they weren't feeling all, all uh, you know, no butterflies in their stomach then, you know, they were they weren't, they, they argued they, <clears throat> a little bit of a strained atmosphere he left and when he was calling when he was calling his wife you know when everything happened and he was in his office and he was you know he understood he wasn't going to make it out when he was calling his wife she didn't want to talk to him and she ignored his phone call and she heard the message later right so the fact that we if you think about it the fact that we're able to See our families in the morning. We see the people around us. And we see them the next day, and the next day. And then you come home. You're able to hold your children. You're able to to say hello to your wife, to talk to your parents, right? Your friends, not to be taken for granted. And 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 as we've said in the past, every time that happens, every time we ha- we think about that when we come to Davin, that's a message that's Hakadosh Baruch Hu talking to us as well. Not just us talking to him. He's telling us, "I got you to this point." Because I believe in you, because you're you have a unique mission, and I give you whatever you need to, to bring it to its fruition. That's a reminder constantly, and that's what the kavana by davening is so important. Because you, you you we're missing the boat in a way if if we just fly through it. Take the few minutes to stand, contemplate, and think. Every time you say baruch atah Hashem, take in what that means. You are the source of a blessing. I understand that you, 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 you're with me. You, you gave this to me. This is all from you. Thank you. My Rabbi, the Mir Mashgiach, he once told us over a story about Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz. Chaim Shmulevitz was a, a Rashiva of the Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. He was in Europe as well. He went through the whole Shanghai. For those that know the whole story of how the Mir Yeshiva was saved. The whole, they ended up, the last stop was in Shanghai before they came to America and, and Israel. Um, but many times, right, you're learning you're learning a piece of Gemara, you're, lear, you're learning the Torah, but not always do you understand everything right properly. And you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying. So who do you turn to for help? Hashem, help me, please. So I said there was a corner that actually he would go to. And he would, you know, spend a few minutes davening and asking Hashem, help me understand this piece of, of Torah that I'm learning. Because that really is what, what's happening. Kaddish Baruch was 
Whenever we understand a piece of Torah, that's a Kodesh Baruch Hu giving it to us as a, as a gift. He's teaching it to us. Good. He would ask, he would pray, go back to his seat. And uh, interesting, actually, you could, you could point out he didn't do it from his seat. He went to a specific place, I guess, to, which is not mandatory, but could be also in the, in the sense of, this is the place where I pray. This is Gavram Avinu. He came back to the same place every day to pray from there. Um, he would go back to his seat, go back to the topic he was learning, understand it, get up and go back and say, thank you. That's what he did. People saw this live. So that's another significance of, of the three times. And it's, it's important to realize this because, as we said before, just like with the, with the you know, paying for, to, to go somewhere and valuing it more, when there's a time for something, when there's a place for something, it's not just on the fly. It's like, oh, I'll do it when I get to it. When we invest that time, when we apply such a reverence, I'll call it, to, to whatever, whatever, in this case, tefillah, we, besides maximizing everything, it has a different effect on us. It goes into us much better. We, 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 we elevate ourselves from it. it. It has a much, much deeper effect. I said, this is what the Meiri is saying. Don't say, oh, I dive in chakras, I forget about my roof. Tomorrow. Right? Because it's, 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 much, it's not just, okay, not, not that me, it's you know, okay, hello, I'm here, God, thank you very much, next. It's life, it's part of life. It's, it's realize, you know, it's, you're not doing him a favor, it's, you're, it's up to you to, you need, you need that recognition for yourself, for you to recognize where you're getting everything from, and which in turn, changes the whole way you live, the whole way we live. We live instead of, as we always say, instead of just being observant Jews, we become living Jews because everything becomes alive. I'm constantly reminding myself that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is constantly sustaining me, constantly giving me what I need, constantly there with me together through whatever it may be I'm going through, the best of times and the darkest times the same. And in the tefillah itself, if we look at the... Birchus Kriyashma, the blessings before Kriyashma, before we say Shema in the morning and the, and the evening, right? It's, it's um, this Yoytzer Or, because Baruch Hu creates light, which we say in the morning. In the evening we say Mari Varovim, he brings, up, brings about the evening. It means that every, it's like there's every, we, we know the concept of a, a new day, a new beginning. We have it even more. Every time of the day is a brand new beginning. You messed up till you know till, till the afternoon. Don't give up. You have mincha. Start again. There's always. Huh? What if you just can't connect these prayers? It just feels very like empty. So depends why. Prayers, general. What? I hear what you're saying, but could you let's let's take this a little elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. It's a very good question, by the way. It's just the, comes up a lot. I'm opening the book. My husband loves to dive. He does every day for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like this thing. But I just I go with him on Shabbat, and it's just like I'm just sitting there and reading words in a book. Do you understand the words that you're reading? I was reading them in English. <laughs> so it's just like... I don't feel like I'm talking to God. Like when I, when I bake kala, when I light candles, it's different. But when I'm like doing this like... So, so just as I'm um, not to answer yet, there is a different when it comes to a lady. There's a it's a different type of obligation when it comes to tefillah. We're actually mentioning one of uh, one of these weeks on Motzei Shabbat when there's the lady share. We're gonna speak about that as well uh, coming up. First of all. I'm not going to say okay or not okay because technically a lady has a much bigger connection to prayer. What I would say, my what I think, is it could become very, if if not properly um, approached, it could become very monotonal, like monotone. Yeah. 
same book, the same words, again and again and again and again. Like to him, some women are so into it, they're like right. crying and they're like so... <laughs> so, so I, I, I'll share with you my own... We all went through this. We all go through this every once in a while. I'm sure everybody could relate that this is this has come up. That's really the <coughs> the title of this class for ma- mantras and, and sh- to become a conversation. Um, that comes with preparation. Before you, my, my Rebbe would always tell us: before you start davening, walk in for a second, walk in a minute early, sit down and just just think: what am I about to do? Who am I about to talk to? And then we're going to be going through the words, actually, throughout the series, throughout the actual prayers, both the weekday and the Shabbos prayers, exploring how to, re- to work on that connection, to really connect them, because, and transferring from just saying words to becoming your words. Eventually, you, you, you'll, you get there. It's not, I'm not reading words. I'm talking for myself. When we say on Shabbos, Shabbos is so special. You didn't, you didn't give it. Well, that's what it says there. You didn't give it to everyone else. You gave it only to, to your beloved nation. You think about that. Wow. What is Shabbos? What is this amazing thing that we got? And it's a process where we keep on learning and keep on and understanding more and deeper and deeper and then everything becomes enriched. Tehillim, what's the connection? Tehillim is, is David HaMelech. It's his life story. It's the good times, the regular times, the bad times, the easy times, the hard times, and throughout all of it, he's singing to Hashem. So when someone is, is, is you know, he's, he's going through a tough patch, someone's in the hospital, someone is in critical condition, he's saying, Yan Hashem Baruch should answer you. In your day of, of pain, in your time of, in your time of pain, and you think about your own pain, and it opens up your, yourself to cry out in your own way. Look what I'm going through. Help me out. I know only you can help me. So you you instead of just saying words, you know, like spritching three times water, and you know something happens. No, it's the point is that it should become a conversation by understanding what you're saying, and it takes work. Any good things takes work. Any good thing. Some people connect more to this. Some people connect more to that. Many times it's the melody that's used with the prayer that that opens somebody up. And and we're gonna. Uh, one of the other things that we're gonna be discussing is also the tech. It wasn't. We didn't always have this text of of uh, the way we have it now. That was instituted by the Great Assembly, Anshikhnes Sagadoyla. And we'll we'll discuss why that was. Used to be people even Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov they didn't. They didn't have the text of the city that we have. They was the basic construction, right? Praise, asking for your needs, and praise again in their own words. And there's a place in even in, at the end of Shemoneser to put in your own words. So I think that could maybe help out a little bit. But yeah, it's very natural that it should become monotonial because again, it's the same book, the same thing. Do I really am I really thinking about what I'm saying? Not really. I'm just doing it because. We're in shul and everyone's doing the same thing. But what's supposed to happen is take a minute or two before and after to think. It's brought down Hasidim or big pious people. The Gemara talks about it. You know, to take them an hour before and an hour after to get up there and then to land. Pretty much in, in today's terms. Because they came to such a level, to such a place. That, like, how am I supposed to go back now to the world? I'm thinking, uh, but that they only got there through preparation. Tzadikim write that the hachana for any mitzvah, right, the preparation for any mitzvah, is only is sometimes even bigger than the mitzvah itself because the way you prepare for it enhances and determines the quality of the, how you'll do the actual mitzvah. So, I would say even lighting candles, baking challah. You're connected more to that because you're investing physically of yourself much more. Yeah. You're kneading the dough, you're this, you're preparing. You're, it's on your mind, you're contemplating. Opening a book is not so uh, necessarily thought-provoking as baking challah or lighting candles. You're preparing the candles, you're striking the match. You do a little thing to make a difference. Clears things up a little bit? Yeah. So it's a, it's a work. And not every day will you feel connected. 
But that's part of a relationship. You don't always feel connected. But you're still in the relationship and you keep it up. And tomorrow is another day. Um, so that's that. <clears throat> and the, we have a, finally the, the Kuzari Rabbi Huda Halevi, which is one of the funda- fundamental works of the Jewish belief, our, of, of explaining what we believe. Our belief in God, our belief in the Torah, and really hammering that in. Um, thank you very much. Hammering that in in a very clear way. The Kuzari, the Kuzari is a really, really highly recommended work. The Nagoyen held that this is something that every single Jew has to know. Because it really it's in question and answer form of you know what everyone says, prove to me there's a God in this room. Prove to me that the Jews got the Torah in Har Sinai. It's all laid out very, very clearly over there in the Kuzari. So he explains about um, about uh, prayer. He says like this. As we said, we we actually alluded to this in the past, or earlier, earlier in this lecture, that um, just like the physical body needs its sustenance, so to the 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 our spiritual, our soul needs the sustenance and that chakra, every prayer takes us to the next one. But he says very interesting, um, it's brought down actually that the amount, if we if we uh, count, um, nowadays in Shemones we have 19 brachas because there was another bracha added later on for the, when there was a time that um, people were uh, framing people up to the government we call a moiser, someone who um, snitch, basically. But like informer. Informer. Yeah, informer, so there's a special bracha that doesn't really bless them. Um, so there's 19 brachas. 19 um, three times a day, 57. Right. So 57 is gematria zan, zayin nun. So in the merit of the of the uh, of praying three times a day, you have that amount of brachas, and that merit we get. Kodesh Baruch Hu gives the physical sustenance of the merit of those prayers to, to the world as well. Thank you again. Much appreciated. But he adds also, the Kuzari says of another very important point. We said about the sustenance, the spiritual sustenance. That when just like when, when you eat, right? So a person eats, food goes envelops the whole body, right? The nutrients, right, go to the different places where they have to go. Tefillah does the same thing on a spiritual level. It envelops you, takes you over, and, and sustains you in that way. And it holds you, especially, right, we're down in chakras, we got to go to work, we're, we're, we're not in shul, we're, we're in the world. We see everything and hear everything and 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 uh, not always necessarily in the most great spiritual oasis that we would maybe like to be in. Right? But starting your day off davening and talking to Hashem and connecting to the Rabbi Nishalalam holds you up, protects you and, and keeps you strong. It gives you that sustenance to sustain and, and be who you are and be strong and devoted to Hashem and the Torah no matter where you find yourself. Comes the middle of the day, we start getting a little bit shaky. Mincha, recharge, the same Talmari. That's, that's what the, the Kuzri adds. The Kuzri was written, I should say, by Rabbi Yehuda Alevi. It would be worth it to make a separate class just on that. The whole time. Very, very fundamental work.
finally, the Shlo. Shlo was a very big sage, a very big scholar. He explains the three prayers and the three the times of the prayer, alluding to the different times of our life. Right, the morning is when the sun rises, the day begins, we wake up. That's alluding to the years of our growth. From birth, as we grow, like the, we'll, we'll call it the growth spurt. Right? The real, real, you know, from the... You really see the development. The baby, teenager, young adult, a lot of life changes happening. A baby, toddler, child, adolescent getting married, building a family, having children, grandchildren. Then there is the... A person is always... Jew is always growing, always moving higher, otherwise he's going down. That's our very nature. Um, but a little bit more, you know, stable, we'll say. Things stabilize. Family, kids, and your life is somewhat more or less stabilized. That's Mincha, the middle of the day, the middle, middle ground. Then there's Mayrev, when the sun starts to set, and that's the, when the person starts to age and nears the end of his term on this world. And when we take all these three tefillahs, we're saying, no matter what point of life I'm in, I realize, Hashem, this is from you. You are the ultimate good, and I'm with you all the way. Thank you. Thank you for every part of, part of my life. And this is actually a concept that I learned from my wife, when we were going out, when we were engaged, you know, many girls they usually write they get engaged and they're they, you can't talk to them. They're they're in, they're they're not thinking. They're done. They're finished. They're not here. They're engaged. Engaged. And, uh, only the th- they live and they breathe and they think about only their chasen. They can't wait. They they just don't, they don't want to be engaged anymore. They just want to get married when they want. To. From day to day, the counter, the countdown clocks. My wife was a little bit of a different nature, a little bit more of a reserved nature. And she was very excited to get married. However, and, and I understood this a lot more as I got older, and it's a tremendous, tremendous point, which I think this is what the Shlo is bringing out. Appreciating every point of our life. When we daven, we learn that. Think about how, how davening is built, right? Let's take, take the, the text that we have. We're going to concentrate on Shemun right? Three times we daven Shemun The first brachas are going around the greatness of Hashem and his, how powerful he is. And then is asking for our needs, right? Give us das, das, forgive our sins, heal us, give us parnos, sustenance. Al-Tzadikim, Shinim. Bring us salvation, bring us back to Yerushalayim, hear us, and then come. Uh, we'll let, our, let our eyes see the the ultimate redemption when you come back to when we come back home to Yerushalayim with Hashem. Then is Moedim, thank you, Hakadosh Baruch for everything that you give us for sustaining us throughout the day. Sim Shalom, bring peace unto the world. That's something that applies to every point of our life. In Every, when, when we're young, we need all of that. When we're in the middle, we need all of that. When we're old, we need all of that. We still need the parnasa. We still need the peace. We still need the health. We still need the forgiveness. We still need the, the closeness. We still need the salvation. And we realize, that Baruch Hu, you're giving us, us everything. So instead of always being rushing and thinking about the next step, which is important to think about the next step and think about the future, but many times we forget to appreciate the present. And we forget to enjoy the present. You know, well, right now I'm a child. Right, a child is very hard for them because a child always wants to be big. Child, I want to be like my father. I want to have keys. I want to have a phone. I want to have a car. I want to, whatever it is. I want to be like that. I don't want to be a little kid because I, I want to be validated, right? Well, then when he get, gets a little bit older and he gets you know some, uh, you know, the only when they're really really happy is when they're babies. When we're babies, psh, we're good, no problem. Why don't we start getting a little older? We see. But well, this guy, the, this, the second grader, he has this type of car. I'm in, I'm in first grade. I wonder what he has. I want to be in second grade. I want to be in third grade. 
fourth, fifth, sixth. High school? Come on. School? Nah. I want to drive. Vroom! On the highway at 70 miles per hour and get five tickets. It's on my father's bill anyway, so who cares? Party, have a great time. Right? I want to get married. I want to get married. I can't. Come on. I, I, need, I, need, I need a guy. I need a girl. I, I want... I, can I can't? I'm bored. Like, I need that connection. I need everyone in their own language, however they say it. All right. The boys are. I need it. The girls are. Oh, I need it. Please, please come. On. Oh, he looked at me. Okay. The boys are like. She looked at him. So what? I mean, like, inside he's going. He just can't show it out. Okay. I go with four sisters. I know the. I know the game. I got no brothers. I mean, I have plenty of you know. Brothers-in-law, friends, we're all brothers, but you know what I mean? I got a good education in this respect. And I have four nieces, which I, I, I once, I was pretty much right so far in how they will react when they get proposed to. I said, one, she's actually, she, has, she didn't get engaged yet. But when she does, whoever's going to be proposing to her is going to have to make sure all the windows in the car are closed because she's going to fly out. <laughs> all right? All right, so... so we're always busy with the next, the next, the next, the next. Then when we're married, I want a child. I have a child, when's he going to grow up? You know, they say the child is little, gets so, he's so cute. I, I want to eat you up. Right? The child turned 16, like, oh, I should have eaten him up back then. You understand? And then when they, Tina, when are they going to get married? Out of the house. When are they going to get married? They're married? No. Where are my grandchildren? Grand, we're always busy with the next step. It's always, as we said, it's important to strive for the next, but don't forget to appreciate and maximize the present. And that's what says the Shlomo, what we do when we daven. We are telling HaKadosh Baruch whatever point of life I may be in, I realize everything is from you, I appreciate it, I'm going to make them, I realize you gave this to me, you put me in the situation where I am, and I'm going to maximize it. I'm going to make the most, I'm going to make you proud. You gave me such a precious gift called life. I'm going to make you proud. And I thank you for every part of life. That's Shachar's Mincha and Mayrev. And actually the Brach of Shachayonu, I think I mentioned it before, Shoshana, someone told me a very, a very similar explanation. We say Shachayonu v'kiyimonu v'igiyonu. So Shachayonu is Rabban Shalom Ah, Thank you so much for the days that I have. Everything is, everything is going perfect, beautiful, gorgeous. Then there's v'igiyonu. Yigion is a little yigia. Eh, things were good. A little bit uh, bumpy, but we got here. And then Vikiyamono. Vikiyamono is... I ju- we just, just, just made it. We almost fell. Thank you for everything. But please, give us the days of Shechiyamono. Give us the days of Amachai. Ah, everything should go good. But we th- realize everything's from you. Everything's for the best. Thank you for everything. That's these three tefillas. Three, three tefillas that were... That, and the significance of the timing... And again, to connect, think. Take a few minutes before, think about what we're doing. What am I about to do right now? Which leads us in, we started discussing last week, tefillin. Right, we're going through the siddur. We're holding by tefillin right now. Putting on the tefillin. Every mitzvah that we do. Take a minute, think. What does tefillin signify? What does it mean? So what is, so there's actually very uh, 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 a prayer that we say before, which it's a whole... Um, the point of it is to help us think about what we're about to do right now. Right? Tfilin. The four parshas, the, the four pieces of, of the Torah that are in the Tfilin. Why? What we're putting on the hand and on the on the head. Right? We should remember the miracles that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us. Remember that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the power everywhere for everything. We put it on the hand to remember the strong hand that took us out of Mitzrayim, and which is the place, it's opposite the heart. To dedicate, to dedicate our whole essence, all of our desires and our thoughts to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And on the head by the, by the um, brain. Um, that the soul which However, we understand that prim- a, lot of, a, a big part of it is in our brain. 
together with all of my senses, my everything that I have, right? The brain gives the messages to the whole body to what to do, right? All of that should be devoted and and um, you know not separated but unified with the goal of doing the will of Hashem. That's till you have. A minute or two before, you think, what am I about to do? I'm connecting myself. I'm physically binding myself to HaKadosh Baruch I'm binding my, my entire self. And tefillah is, all, is, is we mentioned before, is, is, um, is, is exactly this. When we're standing and, and praying in Tzadkadosh Baruch Hu, we're being mevatel ourselves. We are. It's not I and you. It's one. One one whole one brand brand new entity where we're becoming one with Hashem. And you know, it's not about what I want. It's about what has to be. The right. What's supposed to happen? Tzadkadosh Baruch Hu. It's not about what I want. It's about, I'm, I'm here. To fulfill your will, and whatever, however you want it to be, that's how it's going to be, and I accept that. And that's a very powerful thing, a very, very powerful thing. And right before I came here, I heard a really, really tremendous story. And with this, we'll end, we'll, we'll close tonight. Um. There was a couple, they, uh, and, and this was actually a, a written by the, the missus of that couple, the wife. At the end, you'll, you'll see how old they are now, um, and the reason that they wrote it was to help people that are, you know, if it could be any sort of inspiration to people that are struggling themselves, whether in the same thing or in any, of, in any personal struggle that looks like there's no more hope. Um, they met each other. They, as they love at first sight. They were, they were meant for each other, and they, they really, they really were. You know, they got married. They was, see the Chicago very quick. No plan. No, no games. One, two, three. They were married, but was done well. They really, they really, they really loved each other, and that love kept on growing from day to day. It was something really, really special. And a year passed, no child yet, okay. Some pair, one of the sides of the parents said, maybe you should get check it out. And they said, no, you know, it's a year, relax. A uh, year, two years, three years, they went to check it out. What's going on? To make a very long story short, it came out that her ovaries were, were um, deformed. And she wasn't able to have any children. Ever, ever. It was. It wasn't possible for her medically, based on what she was told. It was impossible for her to have children. She comes home to her husband and she says, "It's a shame I don't have the text in front of me but to read her words." Incredible. She comes home to her husband and she says the following. She tells him what happened. She says, "I understand if you know if you want a divorce, I'm, I'm, I fully understand you. No problem. It's okay." So he took her and she was crying, weeping. He took her hands from covering her face. He says, the only way I'm leaving you is if you become a widow. So, it's on the table. Parents found out. Parents tried to pressure for a divorce. He knocked them all off. He says, that's between me and God. You stay out of it. Pretty much. And years went by. And uh, that's what kept on happening. You know, I mean, they, they uh, he kept on, you know, always... They're they're standing up for her, and you know, everyone with everyone's good advice. You know, maybe you should do this, maybe you should do that. Just relax, it's okay, we got this. And their but their love for each other grew. Their connection grew. Something very very special, and this is you know coming from she she's describing this. And they they. Themselves, they tried, they prayed, they went to brachas, they went to tzaddikim, and it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't happening. But 
you know, they live their life, they appreciated the present, they maximized the present, they grew with each other they, to a tremendous degree. At a certain point, they went to some very, very big tzaddik, I don't know the name, and... Uh, you know, these type of stories, I'm not a big fan of them, but when it's coming from the person himself, it's pretty much, you know, you can... He comes into the Tzaddik, the Tzaddik gets up and he tells him, I was waiting for you. I've met him before. He's waiting for me. He says, there's a couple that just passed away. They left over, I think, a two-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. And the night before, the Tzaddik saw this young man in a dream that this is the... He's the one that's supposed to take her. They agreed, they took her, they adopted her. They, they, they were so excited. You know, some sort of clarity. Wow, you know, whether we don't know... This, many times we don't, we don't always get this answer, but, you know, a little bit... Because Baruch gave them... Um, you know, they didn't have their own children because they were designated to take care of this child, and they really gave it their all, and they really, they raised her, nurtured her, loved her, everything. To make a long story even shorter, they ended up having four children of their own. Four children of their own. I think one of them was twins. And again, I don't have her text. There's no point to me just elaborating on it because it's, it won't do it justice. You have to hear her words. I heard it myself. I was floored. The, the strength of these people, the, this couple now is in their 80s. They were over 40 years old when they had their own children. I know somebody else like this. Who yeah. had, didn't have kids for like 20, 30 years of marriage. Oh, she was over 50 when she had twins. Incredible. They, they adopted kids. They fostered kids. I don't know if it's the same couple. You're talking about. Uh, this, is, no, this is one child that they took in. But you see what it does. Totally, I'm, it's not about what I want. I'm here, whatever you want is good. I'm here to do, you want me to have this? This is why. Do you want me to? I'm here to do your will. I'm your servant. That's what I'm here for. When we do that, the amount, what that opens up for us. Rabbi, when I saw that, first, huh? the, the husband was a rabbi and the wife was a doctor. She took home Arab shops, like parents for Shabbos. And he used to cook the whole meal on Friday. The whole Friday, Thursday shopping, Friday's cooking for 45 people. He always invites people into his house. Every meal, he has like 30, 40, 50 oh, people wow. in his house. And when people give him compliments about the food, he's like, don't thank me, thank my wife. Zero credit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> I was a little kid, I was like, whoa. That incredible thing. But you, you see what I mean when you're totally, you mavatli yourself. I'm here for you. You, you let God embrace you. You know, you don't say you have the, the guy, you know he's going through a, a, whatever he's going through. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Huh? You want to be like that for your friends, macho, I get it. When it comes to a bunch of them, he has everything for you. Let down those walls. Put yourself in his hands. Put yourself, it's like the, 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 the man that was dreaming about his life. And he, um, they were showing him different the good times, the, the bad times, the, the harder times, I should say. The good times were portrayed. He's walking on the beach, and there's the light, sun, palm trees, cappuccino, espresso, whatever you want, iced coffee, fruits. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Some cigars, maybe also in scotch. But uh, and then the sun starts, the clouds start coming in. And as he's walking on the, on the sand, he sees two sets of feet. Footsteps. He says, who's who's walking with me? He says, God is walking with you, holding your hand throughout everything that you're going through. He says, uh, fine. Clouds are coming. And uh gets really dark and windy and and and, icky. and it's symbolizing the hard times, the challenging times. And all of a sudden he sees in the sand only one pair of footsteps. He says, God, now you left me. Now you leave me alone. And the voice comes down and says, You fool. He says, That's not your that those are God's footsteps. He's carrying you. 
when we let ourselves not in, in the good just in the good times just as much in every situation we find ourselves Kodesh Baruch wants us close to him allow ourselves to connect let down those walls and realize everything is from him and allow ourselves to accept it from him and thereby connect more and more that's that's, that's the best life we could ever have to enjoy the, that presence we don't enjoy it because we don't allow ourselves to fully be enveloped by it I have those walls. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to have. I want to live my life, and maybe I have some time for you, God. That's not the idea. The idea is to, not to observe from the side. The idea is to live it, and that's real life. Thank you very much for your attention. Looking forward to next week. Again, next week is going to be making Hanukkah real and alive, from ritual to relationship. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Wow. Beautiful story. Yeah, unbelievable, huh? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.